Welcome to the first baccalaureate in the new high school. Isn't this nice? This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand. Hey, are you happy? Now that's a great question. Does your sun set high? Does your sun set high? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. One of my favorite verses is that one, but I'll tell you why, because I read it in a different translation once. I'm a PK, means I'm a problem, I mean preacher's kid, okay? So my whole life I've heard that scripture thrown at me and thrown around me and everything, and one day I read it in a different translation, I just started to cry right there on the spot. By the way, it's okay to cry. God made emotions for a reason, but, but it said this, it says, don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice, in everything you do, everywhere you go, then he will keep you on track. And I can't think of a better passage to lay out to a bunch of seniors that are getting ready to graduate. What's up, Happy Lifers? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. Hey, I am pretty excited. We have, a, this is a special bonus podcast for a bunch of special, amazing people. They're called Graduates. The verses I was just referring to there were from the Bible, the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Now, if you've ever attended a church, Sunday school, or vacation Bible school, you've probably heard that passage mentioned before. Only, you probably heard it like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. That's how I learned it, but it really grabbed a hold of me when I read it from the message translation that you just heard me quote. So last week, I was so honored. I was able to speak at my son's baccalaureate. You know, don't, don't worry. Baccalaureate is not a disease. <laughs> Does that sound like one though? Uh, it's actually a religious service that we hold before commencement to honor our graduates. Uh, I gave a whole bunch of tips, pointers, words of advice that I've gained from over 30 years of working with uh, youth and young adults, and I absolutely loved it. I recorded it and thought, why not share it with graduates from all around the world, not just those that were at my son's uh, baccalaureate. I want to share this to as many people as possible because I found out one thing for sure. When it comes to a project or anything, uh, if we start weak, we're probably going to continue to be weak and then end the same way. However, if we start the project strong, the odds of us continuing on in that project strong and finishing strong are so much more plausible. This is true in life as well. Uh, as you'll hear me mention uh, later on uh, in the podcast, uh, commencement uh, actually means beginning and not the end. So think about it. This month, Thousands of youth and young adults will be beginning their next phase of their life. And it's my desire here at Happy Life Studios to help as many of them as I can to start their life strong, to commence strong, so they will continue through their life strong and then end it the same way. So, if you know of a graduate 
or family that has a graduate, why not share it with them? And let's help as many people as we can to commence their life strong so that we can live it and then finish it strong as well. Here's the rest of what I spoke to those amazing young adults. Tell them you're glad uh, you, you weren't sure it was going to happen, and you're pretty grateful now that you're, they are graduating. Raise your hand up in the air. Yep. Right on. I want you to just look around the room. Got a lot of people here. Look around the room because I got a question for you. How well do you really know that person? I mean, look, to, look to your right, to your left. Go ahead. Look both sides. Look behind you, in front of you. Now I want you to look at them judgmentally. That person next to you, they could be in collusion and you don't even know it. You might want to ask them, are you in collusion? Go ahead, ask them, are you in collusion? Actually, you know what? I've been watching the media enough to know I asked that the wrong way. You don't ask them, are you in collusion? Instead, say, you're in collusion, aren't you? Ask them that way. That's how you're supposed to ask them that way. You're in collusion, aren't you? I, I probably need to apologize to you. My style is little strange okay um, if you're expecting me to say here's a scripture I'm going to use and let's open up our Bibles to, the, to this and I'll read it and then I'm going to tell you here's what I'm going to talk about then I'll talk about those things and then I'm going to tell you at the end here's what I did just did talk about and and then if you expect me to be linear and have three points that all start with the same letter it ain't gonna happen so my style is a little bit different. I have to apologize to you on that. You're not going to get the, the typical style. Now, don't get me wrong. I can do that style. I've grown up in that style. I, I know how to do all that. I started trying to be like that. It's like when David showed up and said, I'll kill the giant. And Saul said, okay, you're a little kid, but I'll let you kill the giant. And try, Saul tried to put his armor on him. But David didn't kill the giant wearing Saul's armor. He didn't kill the giant wearing giant killing armor. He killed the giant with a slingshot because that's what David knew how to do. And I guess that would be the first thing I would say to you. God has told me, I, I know how to do that other stuff, and, uh, but God has told me, I want you to be you. I want you to be the person I made you to be and do the things that I call you to do. It's that simple for every one of us. If you like music, then God is going to use your music to help change the world. If you're a quiet person, God will use your quietness to loudly change the world. If you're a detail-oriented person, he's going to use your detail to change the world. And if you're a weird person, he's going to use your weirdness to change the world. He wants you to be who he made you to be. We tend to look at someone else and say, if I can only be more like them. Well, God could have made another one of them and put your name on it. But God made you because he wants you to be who you are. And that's who he wants to use. When we're trying to be somebody else, it just doesn't, just doesn't work as well. The thing I like about, about being a senior is this, is like, for those of you that are going off to college, you're going to a place where people don't know who you are. Oftentimes when God called someone to do something great, he would send them to a place where no one knew who they were. You know what's cool about that? It's when you go to a school where no one knows who you are, you can be whoever you want to be. I don't want to be a spoiler to the movie Jumanji, but if you haven't seen it yet, then it's your fault that I'm spoiling it right now. But in Jumanji, if you don't know about it, it's a movie, obviously not real, but they go into a video game world. And in the video game world, they're trying to win these things so they can get back into the real world. I know, a little silly, a little strange, but um, 
And at one point, they're getting ready to, to win and get back in the world, real world. And the one guy says to the other guy, he says, I don't want to go back. And she looks at him and she says, well, why not? He says, because here I'm a hero. Here people look up to me. Here I'm confident. Here I can do whatever I want. I know what I'm doing here. But when I go back home, everybody makes fun of me. When I go back in the real world, they make fun of me. They don't even know that I exist. And she said, why don't you be this person when you go back home? And that's the cool part about being a senior. You're going to a place that you can become the person that you want to be. It's like New Year's every day. On New Year's Day, we give ourselves a break, right? It's New Year's. For the last 12 years, you've tried to diet, and it's lasted six days every year, right? But you're going to do it again, because it's like, it's New Year's. We all hit the gym on New Year's, because it's a new day, and we give ourselves a break. The problem is, a week later, when we go back to our old lifestyle, if, if January 1st could happen, like every week, we'd be doing pretty good. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 talks about God's compassion. His mercies will never run out, ever. And it says they are new every morning. Every day with God is January 1. Every day when I realized yesterday I didn't become the person I wanted to be, I didn't live the way I wanted to live yesterday, I don't like what I did yesterday, guess what? It's a brand new day today. Now, I speak all over the country. Well, actually, two places. They're just on different parts of the country. But I speak all over the country. <laughs> I speak in front of all different types of people, all different sizes, crowds. And this is one of the most important ones to me right here. This group of Maple Valley, just a couple blocks from my house, is so important to me. Why do you think today is so vital to me? Anyone? Bueller? Because <laughs> that kid right over there. He was on the drums today. That's my boy. Today, Caleb and I are in collusion with each other. You didn't know that, did you? In fact, the whole band and I are in collusion. And they didn't even know it, but they are. Someone say, huh? huh? Can you say collusion, children? thought you could. Okay, so the original word collusion comes from two Latin words. Calm, does anyone know what that one means? With or together, okay? And ludere, which means to play. The original word collusion means to play with, to play together. Around the 14th century is when it started going all south, that it's become such a negative connotation. Collusion means to, to be divisive against somebody. You know why we're in collusion? You know why we get divisive with people? Because we're not in collusion. We don't play with people. When you get to know somebody, you're not so angry at that person anymore. When you get to spend time with that person, you don't judge them so much anymore. You don't label them as left or right or or rich or poor or cool or not cool, that you label them as friend, as fellow human, and all of a sudden you play together. That's God's desire, is that we play together. When God made the world, right? He spoke it into existence. He separated the earth from the, from the water. What did he say? It is what? Good. It's good. When he made the animals, he said, it's good. Right? When he made the sun and the moon and separated the night from the day, he said, it's good. Everything he created, when he got done creating it, he said, it's good. And then God made Adam. God made man. You know what he said? It's not good. 
And all the ladies said, amen. And all the men said, huh? The rest of the sentence, he looked at Adam sitting there, and he said, it's not good because Adam's alone. No, God wanted to be his best friend with Adam. That's why he made him put him in the garden and walk with him through the garden. That's what God wants. But when he saw Adam there, he said, this isn't good for Adam to be alone. Genesis 2.18. It's not good for Adam to be alone because God wants us to be in collusion. That's why he gave us each other. I got a couple other scriptures for you to prove the point. So commencement means the beginning. It's not the end. Commencement means the beginning. But as you seniors get ready to commence through your life, Okay? As you get ready to start through your life, Jesus' commencement, remember he lived on the earth for 30 years? 30 years before God decided to use him? 30 years, and then he goes to John the Baptist, and John the Baptist baptizes him. Jesus was in collusion, because check this out. In Matthew 3.16, it says, As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a what? Does anybody know? A dove. The Spirit of God came down on him like a dove, the Bible says, alighting on him, and a voice from heaven said, saying, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. I love him and I am well pleased with him. On his very commencement, you got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. God himself lives in community. God himself lives in collusion. When he's on earth as Jesus the Spirit comes down, lands on his head, and God the Father speaks in a loud voice and says, that's my boy. I love him, and I am well pleased with him. What a moment. You're not going to cry, I'll cry. That's fine, Peyton. I'll take, the, I'll take it on me then. Second Corinthians 13, 14. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. John 14, 16, it's the first scripture in your, in your program there. It says, I will talk to the Father, and he'll provide you another friend so that you will always have someone with you. That word is also called advocate or helper. So here Jesus is getting ready to go up getting ready to leave the earth, and he says, here's what's going to happen. I will talk to the Father, and he's going to send my spirit to be with you forever to help you. Because God wants us in collusion because he's tired of us being in collusion. He's tired of his people nipping and fighting at each other. The Bible's full of stop nipping at each other, stop picking on each other, honor each other, lift each other up. The Bible's full of that stuff. It doesn't ta- tell us to judge people. It doesn't tell us to be angry at everybody. It tells us to get along with each other. The reason we're in collusion and we're backbiting against people is because we're not in collusion. We're not playing together with them. Many times we've got this image of God as this mean God that's a million miles away, that's got Alzheimer's, thinks about us every once in a while. When God is a God who, like the song said, chases after us. His love is reckless. He chases after us. That's why he came to earth as Jesus, so that we could relate to him as the Father. He said, no one comes unto the Father except through me. Jesus said that as a human being. He's saying, look at me. Look at my heart. Feel me. Feel my presence. 
I'm here to tell you that's what God the Father looks like. Because God wants us in collusion. The best leaders in this room and the best leaders about to be in this room are the leaders that know how to work with the people around them. The best parents in this room are the parents that don't get it all right, maybe get a lot of it wrong, okay? But they know how to be with their child and let their child know that they are pleased with them. God uses people to get us to where he needs us to go. And usually they're the people that irritate us the most. Do you have the person right next to you and say, he's talking about you right now, listen up. (laughs) God is in collusion with you. At this moment, he's in collusion with you. He wants to play with you. He wants to be with you. He wants to help you. That's why he sent his spirit to be with you forever. When he was on the earth, he only had 12 disciples. He could only be around with 12 guys. You can only be around so many people. He goes up into heaven. His spirit can be with every one of us at this very moment and everyone else around the world at the very moment going, hey, can we go play? Because the Bible says in God's presence, there is fullness of happy. I'm sorry, the spiritual world is joy. Yes, joy. Let's talk about joy for a moment. Joy is happy. It's peace. It's love. And God said he came to give us life and give us life more abundantly there's this older man i used to call him an old man but now for some reason i call them older men because i guess i can relate like i was just going to jump up here and i pulled a muscle just thinking about jumping up here <laughs> this old man was sitting on this bench and just crying up a storm and everyone was uncomfortable they just kept walking right past him they didn't know what to do he was just sobbing he was just beside himself just bawling and crying and all of a sudden a young man walks by and all of a sudden he stops he's just moved with compassion and he sits down next to him and says sir are you okay no what's wrong i just got married oh i'm sorry is she not very nice oh no she's she's amazing she treats me like i'm a king she marry you for your money then Oh, no, she's a millionaire. Tough to look at. No, she's a supermodel. She's sick. Is she unhealthy? Is she? No, she's 23 years old. Can't cook, huh? She cooks amazing like a chef. Well, sir, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a little confused. I mean, you said she's beautiful. She's rich. She's young. She loves you. And yet you're here on the bench crying? Why are you crying? Because I can't remember where I live. (laughs) All seniors in this room, don't forget where you live. Don't forget where you live. You are about to make some of the most important decisions of your life. And my fear as a dad, My fear as a dad is that he's going to make them without me. Every decision up to this point, mom and dad have been a major role in it. Or or an adult, you know, they did a, I came across a survey years and years ago, and they they surveyed people from every age, every, they're adults now. And they came from every financial status, from every race, from every, it was the most diverse group of people from every aspect. 
wanted to find out why they were successful because every one of them were, would be considered successful. So they did all this research. They found one common denominator, not two or three or four or five. There's only one common denominator. And every one of those that became successful later in life were successful because there was an adult somewhere in their life that cared for them. Don't forget where you live. Because over the next few years, the fact that these people that have been around you, adults and parents and, and everything that have been around you, Einstein said this, one of the smartest men ever, said, no problem is ever solved from the same level of awareness that created it. So if you just go to your friends to help you all the time, you're existing on the same level. You want someone who's been at least a step in front of you, at least an older sibling, at least an RA, at least somebody that, that is a little step in front of you. So you're going to decide what kind of person you want to be, where you want to live, what kind of career you want to have, what kind of person you want to marry, if you want to get married, what kind of house you want to buy, do you want to buy a house, do you want to buy a car, do you want to, some of the most important decisions that you have in your life at this point are happening right now. Don't forget where you live. At least listen to us. Don't forget who God put in your life. Because one day you'll be a parent. And there's an old, it's, a, it's from the Bible, but it's so true. It's an old axiom that says, you reap what you sow. And those who sow kindness, reap kindness. And one day you're going to have kids and you're going to want your kids to ask you for help. So in the midst of all your excitement of going out there and, and changing the world and doing the things that you want to do. That is so great that you have those dreams. That is so cool. I just laugh when I, I don't know about you guys, but I hear them all saying, oh, I'm going to major this and major in that. Yeah, okay. Four major changes later, right? <laughs> but the point is you have an idea and you move forward. And then you realize, oh, wait, that's not right. All good coaches know how to adjust at halftime. They adjust their game plan because the, the, the opposing team, life is throwing something else different at them. So we got, life is all about adjustment. That's, it's just about adjustment. And, and the people that have gone before you the longest, your parents and your grandparents and the people and your neighbors and the people in your family, they've gone through a lot of that stuff. They can help you dodge an awful lot of things, but you can try to dodge them on your own if you want. Don't forget where you live because we need to help you too. It's not just about you, it's about us too. We gotta help you too, because we're supposed to be in collusion with each other. We're supposed to play with each other, we're supposed to play together, we're supposed to work together, we're supposed to strive together. God made you exactly how he wants you to be, and he's gonna place people in your life that are gonna help you become that person that he's laid out for you. Joshua 1.9 says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For I am the Lord your God, and I will be with you wherever you go. He's already at school waiting for you. He's already at your house right now waiting for you, and he's sitting right in front of you. All at the same time, God's desire is that you be you, and you do life with him and with the people that he's brought around you. Remember where you live and let's do this thing together. I love the video, the title of the video before I got to speak, a walk with God video, because that's what it is. I had a guy come up to me and say, he wanted to go deeper. He was a student, he was a young man. 
want to go deeper. This whole walk with God, what does that mean? What does it mean to walk with God? I mean, to walk with God, what does that mean? I said, well, the studies that I have done, to walk means like you put one foot in front of the other. Soon you'll be walking out the door. So to walk means to like move forward at a slower pace. With means, um, how do I explain it? With somebody. And God means a supreme creator that made you and fashioned you while you were still in your mother's belly. So we walk with God. On my dad's tombstone, Norman E. Hayes walks with God. And God wants, when I, I go for walks all the time with God, and I'll even step over on the sidewalk. Say, God, let's go for a walk. I get in my car, I take everything off the front seat, my office off the front seat. I'm like, Jesus, sir, do you want to hold that on your lap? Which one do you want to do? That way when I get pulled over for being in the carpool lane, hey, I got the Almighty right here. You got a problem with that? But sometimes we like to make it more difficult than it really is. It's not difficult. God wants to be in collusion with you. He doesn't want you to be afraid or discouraged. He wants to walk with you. And he wants to be with you. And he wants to play. He's a fun God. And a just God. And a protecting God. And a caring God who pursues after you. Who chases after you with his love. Let's take a moment and thank him for that. God, you are so amazing. Help us to be who you've asked us to be. Help us to do what you want us to do. But more importantly, God, help us to be in collusion with you. Teach us what it means to walk with you, to let, like Peyton said, to let you have the wheel and to just trust you in this journey that we're about to go on. It's about to get really crazy but it's pretty exciting, and we just want to go on a road trip with you. We just want to go on a roller coaster with you. We just, we just want to be with you and live with you. And I ask your blessing upon every one of our seniors. I ask you would help them in deciding where they need to go and what they need to do. And I ask that you would help us to be in collusion with one another because that's how you would want it. Show us how to do that. Teach us how to be your friend, how to walk with you, and how to be with you. In Jesus' name, amen.